If you own a classic car, do you keep it at home in cotton wool or just look at it? and Or do you drive it around, which can wear it out, or even run the risk of having an accident? If it's a sports car, might you even race it with added strain and increased danger? Ron Goodman owns a classic Porsche, a 356, and he has just won the Rolex Monterey Motorsport Reunion. He was the only Aussie in the event. And some of the cars he was racing against were worth tens of millions of dollars. Ron is on the line to tell us all about it. Ron, congratulations. I think you've been trying to win this event for some time. Yeah, thanks, Dave. Yeah, we have been. Um, we've been trying now for five years and kept coming up as a bridesmaid, but uh, finally won it this year. Tell me about the event. It's obviously uh, held at a race course and uh, it, you you race other vehicles of all sorts and sizes. Yeah, but they hold it at Laguna Seca in California. Ah. It's probably the biggest historic event outside of Le Mans. Uh, it attracts uh, over 600 competitors in different categories. Our category that we run in is from the uh, 1955 to 1962. Our car is a 54, but because it's so well-preserved, they put us into a higher grade, and we finally won that one. You were competing against cars of a similar performance, or in that age group, there could be anything from a race car to a Morris Minor, if you know what I mean. And, and you're exactly right. If you look at the field, there was a Morris Minor in it, but that went right up to the uh, two six five GT Ferraris. One sold the night before for thirty eight million US dollars, oh and we were racing against it. There's also Corvettes. There's any, every single car that you could think about right across the board. My joke about the Morris Minor goes back to my youth, but you can actually you know, do a lot of work on the cars. Could, could I put a Morris Minor body on top of a Formula One car? What can you do? <laughs> That'd be great if we could do that. No, you can't. Yeah, would, there's very, very strict rules. They've got a very, very um, stringent criteria that they have to stick to. Our car still runs with the drum brakes. If, the, if it did not come out with it, you're not allowed to do it. And if you deviate from that, you won't get selected. They're, they're very, very stringent. How long's the race? Uh, go, there's three races over the day, and they go for each 25 minutes. I'm astounded. You must have done remarkably well. You work, you work on the car yourself? Uh, no, I've got uh, a crew, three guys, that we all go over together to do it. We also won the um, car off show at the Carmel show, and we won the best pit. So we had an absolutely fantastic weekend, and then the culmination was winning a race. We've been coming a bridesmaid for the last few years, but finally to get to win was what we've been looking for, and we're over the moon with it. So there are a whole range of other categories as well, I guess. Oh, correct. Yeah, it goes right up to uh, like a 906 Porsche, the one Le Mans, they have their classes. There's... The event is something for a spectator that you shouldn't be missed. If, if you love your historic racing, it's something you should go over for. It's just any car that you can think of is actually there competing. You've uh, put together a, an award-winning video about it. There's some beautiful machinery. Oh, absolutely. We, uh, we've done a documentary, The Road to Monterey. It won the German Auto Film Festival. And it was quite ironic. It all come about the first year they lost our car in New Zealand on its way over there and we had to put it on a plane and fly it. So we thought, oh, we'll just reenact it the second year and do a little short 
video for YouTube, but they actually lost it again and everything fell into place. We had some accidents, we had a lot of drama and it, it couldn't have worked out better. The car, is it one you've had for a long time and loved forever? Yeah, we were actually, uh, it shows this in the, in the movie, we were actually sitting at Le Mans and I said that I wanted to buy a 1954 Porsche to race. And the guy sitting across from us said that there's one in my backyard in Australia. So I was in France and I bought the car that was back in Australia. So you can't ask for better, really. <laughs> That's serendipity, isn't it? Uh, yeah, absolutely. And so you have campaigned it for many years? Absolutely, yeah. We run it here in Australia. We run it all around Australia and different tracks. Uh, we've also got a cabrio that we run on the east coast of America and we've uh, had uh, quite huge success with that one, but... That's a 62 model, so it's a bit faster than my 54. What's it like driving one of those? It must be the real, well, forgive the sexism, but boys' own adventure, really, because you are, well, you have little of the modern features on the car that would make it more controllable. You you would be driving in some of the, the, the very raw elements of controlling a vehicle? That's you 100% correct there. We run drum brakes, cross-ply tyres. We're not allowed to change the shock absorbers. There's a lot of things that we can't do. I get out of a late model Porsche into this old one and give me the old car any day of the week. You actually, you've, you've got to feel what you're doing. If you make a mistake, you know about it. Uh, you drive a late model car, you make a mistake, it corrects you. Hmm. So it's, it's real good good old-fashioned driving i think i haven't seen all the video i had a, i saw a little bit at the beginning there and there's this glorious picture was it a corvette in a in a four-wheel slide going around the corner yeah, as you say on, on those pretty basic tires that's uh, that's really being at the heart of the mechanical feel of a car isn't it oh absolutely but the and but the upside of that is because that the cross plays don't have much traction it's a lot easier to have the car sliding like that. Mm. It looks a lot more spectacular, and it, it's proper old-school racing. Some of the cars you, you, you went against, uh, you were saying, uh, sold for millions of dollars. I think one of them in the event was uh, Ferrari at $68 million. Uh, did, Correct. Can you drive a car like that, or does the owner drive it with gay abandon? If I, pardon the expression, I didn't mean that, but you know, an old expression, did it... Did, or could you just be so conscious of the price? No, $68 million is a lot of uh, repair time if you do have an accident, so <laughs> it's pretty hard to write one off. But the, the only thing really that I would say that is scary with those cars on the track is us overtaking them. <laughs> because if we, if we were to hit them, whether we're in the right or the wrong, I think you're going to be in the wrong somehow or other. Well, the, the other thing is if they can afford that car, they can afford a good lawyer, can't they? Is that uh, yeah, well, the guy that the the car that you're talking about is owned by the guy that owns Walmart, so I don't think he'd have a problem somehow. <laughs> I think you also had uh, Mika Hakkinen was driving there. Yes, yeah, Mika Hakkinen's been there. Uh, we come second last year or the year before to a TZ1 driven by um, Rubens Barrichello. So they get a lot of big names out there, a lot of big names. Uh, uh, Mick and Hacken, because uh, is of course a former Formula One champion, yeah. but, uh, and he was driving a McLaren, I think. That's a pretty serious Correct, yeah. bit of kit, isn't it? Oh, it's, that that is an awesome car. It wasn't in our class, thank Christ. We'd never catch it, um, but the just to watch them things go down the straight and 
just brings back like the old school racing, as I said before, and that's unbeatable. Do they have a number of categories on the track at the one time, or is it just your category? No, they just keep one category on at each time because the speed differentiation would be so big. You know, like the, imagine that McLaren, yeah. it would go past us like we're standing still down the straights. And that's when accidents happen. The circuit there has a number of very interesting corners, including one where you go over the crest and, and go down to the left. Is it a circuit that you know well, and did you take yes, time to learn it? No, we learned it by driving it. Hmm. And the corner you're talking about is it's, it's a world-famous corner called the corkscrew. That's hmm. uh, where you come up to a, at an entry speed of probably around about 80 mile an hour, and then you turn left and you cannot see nothing. And as soon as you turn left, you just got to turn right and hope there's no one there because it, it drops about six stories in a matter of 30 feet. How does the little Porsche go around that? It loves it. It it, it drops down, it sticks its rear end down, and it just slides down there nicely. So it's fantastic. People love watching it. They're lifting wheels through the corners. It's fantastic. You would not be the most powerful car in your category? No way in the world. Not at all. But we drive it in really deep and cornering is where you make up most of your speed mm. we may lose a bit down the straight but then when they're all breaking and slowing down we just keep going is there a camaraderie amongst that there's some very rich people who could be somewhat standoffish is there a good sense of feel at the event absolutely everyone is very very open to anything really showing each other the cars showing the spectators the fans the cars you, you don't have any problems at all as far as that People are really, really nice. Big spectators? Do you get many there? Oh, it is huge. On the Saturday, we can't move. There's that many people there. And because we're Australians, a lot of them want to see, get their photo taken with the car, or we have little koalas that we give out and that sort of stuff. And it's just, we get such a big uh, gathering around our pit. It's, it's overwhelming, actually. Is there a measure of how well Australia is held in America's eyes by your, the response they give to you? Absolutely. The um, the feedback that we get is that well, we've been told that we've got the fastest, best pre-A Porsche in the world, and that's from the Americans. So to get that accolade from them is a big feather in the cap for us because we've always looked up to these guys, what do we need to do to be able to beat them? And now that we're finally beating them, they're asking us, what do they need to do to, to, to beat us? I won't overgeneralise, but certainly to get the Americans to admit that you're the best is is a great credit to you. You obviously do a lot of work. Do you do you have a link to Porsches in general or just a love of them? No, I have a link to Porsche. I've got a uh, Porsche body shop uh, here in Australia, so we repair all the late model Porsches when they have crashes mm. in Sydney. Uh, we get them. We've had them from uh, England. We've had them from America. We send them back over there after we fix them. So we get cars from all over the world to fix here. Your little 356, is that one where you have just put it together with such loving care that you get such good performance out of it because you know you can't whack a, a huge turbocharger on it i presume no i've got uh, a very good engine builder he's um, very smart he's always coming up with new ideas to try and get a bit more power uh, and then the guy that built our gearboxes he is always morphing into a different set of gears or different stuff but we spend a lot of time on our suspension. Because it's an old car, we try to make the suspension as good as we can. 
which allows us to turn the corners and get around the track faster, obviously. It's a lovely character. I, I love that. It's uh, motor racing with a sense of adventure, a sense of style, perhaps, but just a love of machinery as well. I, I, I guess that's what it's all about. You will be going back next year? We're already um, setting in wheels in motion. We've just uh, just about to announce a competition through all the Porsche dealerships where we're going to take a young bloke over, over with us as part of our team from the Porsche dealerships, uh, a kid that um, wins or jumps through a certain amount of hoops that we're putting up a competition. Um, so we're trying to get more young people into the sport because if we don't, it's just going to die off. You know, People will just lose interest in the older cars. You know? oh, I reckon if you drive one, it brings an excitement or a reality, an involvement to motoring that I think is just fantastic. Uh, they would be young people who actually work in Porsche dealers. Is that is that right? That's correct. And... And I have never, ever yet, you hit the nail on the head then, I've never, ever yet seen anybody drive an older Porsche without a smile from ear to ear. That uh, just brings a completely different um, perspective to driving. And it's total enjoyment. And as you said, you, you can feel the mechanics of the car. Ah, it's got my blood pumping. Uh, Ron, yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah. And I thank you very much for your time. Thank you, Ron. No problems at all. Thank you. And that's Ron Goodman, who won his class in the Rolex Monterey Motorsport Reunion in California in a Porsche 356. And as we talked, what a lovely uh, sense of that great style of old, old style of motor racing.